Hello and welcome to Elevating Founders, the podcast for early stage founders here, the stories behind the change makers and disruptors in the tech sector who are responsible for tackling the world's biggest challenges. Brought to you by London Tech Week and hosted by myself, Sina Sadzada. This week, we will be honoring Black History Month US with a panel discussion on harnessing community and culture from London Tech Week celebrates Black History Month. The discussion is led by Deborah Okenla, founder and CEO, Your Startup, Your Story. She's joined by Oyen Kansola Adebayo, founder and CEO, Neo Group, and Favila Fongank founder and managing director, Three Colors Rule. Deborah O'Kenler is an entrepreneur, advisor, consultant, and investor. Your Startup, Your Story is an organization that connects diverse talent to startups and delivers inclusive recruitment workshops. She's also been named Computer Weekly Rising Women in Tech and 50 Most Influenced Women in Tech. She was also recognized as the UK's top 100 black and minority ethnic leaders in technology by the Financial Times. Deborah sits on the advisory board for Coders of Color, DCMS Digital Council, Telecom Supply Chain Diversification Advisory Council, and Number 10 Innovation Fellowship Program. Oyen Cancola runs NEO, a group of multi-award-winning companies that specialize using technology to economically empower black women. This organization currently has three brands, NEO Hair and Beauty, NEO DAP, and NEO Bootcamps. She's particularly passionate about addressing poverty, especially amongst black women, and using disruptive and high value tools to transform the lives of black women across the world by helping black women secure employment opportunities that would have just been a dream without the skills and tools Neo Group would have provided them. Flavila Fongang is a multi-award winning serial entrepreneur. Computer Weekly named her as number one most influential tech woman in the UK. Mercedes-Benz awarded Flavilla the She's Mercedes Businesswoman Award amongst women such as Sheryl Sandberg, the COO of Facebook. She is the author of 99 Strategies to Get Customers. She's also the founder of Global Tech Advocates, Black Women in Tech, the largest organization of black professional women in tech. This episode will be a candid conversation that will touch on community lending, the influence of inclusive culture, the ecosystem, and how to bust the door wide open so that others can walk through. So I won't keep you waiting any longer. Let's jump straight in. On to our amazing panelists. So we're going to start off with some introductions. Please do say your name, your organization, and what you're doing, and also why you're excited to be here. Should I start? Yes, please. Hi, thank you so much for having us and having me. My name is Flavila Fungang, and people know me for two things. I'm the founder of Free Colors Role, a creative branding and marketing agency specializing in technology space. But I'm also the founder of Global Tech Advocates for Black Women in Tech. So I got tired of not seeing black women being highlighted for their excellence. So I decided to find a way to normalize black female excellence. And for that, I built one of the most amazing community and I'm really proud of. So hi everyone, good afternoon. My name is Oyin Adebayo. Um, I'm the CEO and founder of a group of companies called NEO, and we focus on empowering black women to be builders and producers of high-impact ecosystems. And we do that through upskilling through boot camps, but we also build products ourselves, mostly in the Web3 space. We're currently building a fractional NFT platform that connects creators, brands, and users in one place, essentially replacing the social commerce of today. We're trying to replace the Instagrams and the Pinterest of today with value adding, um, um, uh, um, a value adding kind of like exchange essentially. So, yeah, that's me. Incredible. Um, so, my first question is um, What does community mean to you? 
Okay, perfect. For me, um, community means like aligned ethos and values um, that actually brings one together. Um, community is really embedded um, in the way our culture is within um, within specific eco chambers. Community means actually being completely authentic um, with who I am, and I can bring my whole self to that space. But also, it's also a safe place for me to build and to be. So yeah, that's what community means to me. Mm. I think so. I love this question because community means can mean so many things, and depending on where you are, whether you are a business or whether you are a social enterprise, you know, and and so much more. But you know, I think about the journey, and I'm probably going to take here my agency hat instead of my non-profit hat. But you know, if we think about the relationship that companies need to build, and who are the most love loved companies that we we buy from, they always have a community. If you think about Nike, they have a community around their product. If you think about Apple, they have a community around their product. So if the relationship of a brand with the people that they sell to is much closer and is much more you know, full circle rather than linear. And that's what a community is about. It's about you doing it for a reason that is not serving your purpose, but actually helping people that you serve at the end of the day. And it doesn't necessarily involve an exchange of money, but then when it does, it works as well really well. So for me, community is about making sure that you are doing something that is valuable for everyone, not just for your business. I love that. Um, and so both of you are incredible community builders. Um, and experts, but I'm curious to know, like, have you had anyone that's mentored you during the process, um, and what sort of thoughts on mentorship and the community in, in Croatia? Um, for me, um, my my original mentors, um, or, men, or yeah, my original mentors, actually a white woman who saw the best in me and actually said, Do you know what, would you build a community? At the time, I was building a community of young people who were passionate about. Um, you know, equity within the advertising space. Um, and so she really taught me about how to actually galvanize the people and share my passions with the people. Um, so that was one key person um, for me. And we probably don't hear much about her. She definitely needs to be more visible. Um, her name is Charlotte Slater. But also, actually, my, my mentors are the people in the community too. They teach me every day about how to build a community for them. Um, they teach me every day of what, what their needs are. In fact, every single idea that we have at NEO is very much driven by what the community says. Okay, the community said, okay, I want more value, I want to be economically empowered. And so we build products and services for them. Um, and so they're, they're my mentors and they're my greatest teachers. So, yeah. mm, I love what you said, and it's very similar. And you know, when I think about mentorship, um, obviously, because I, I created the agency before, and I've, I've always, funny enough, I've always been mentored by white men. I never had any, and I really want to push more female to think about mentorship as an option that you don't have to have your own figure out. But I think you know, your career naturally will lead you to be able to support that. So I've always been mentored by white men. But what all the white men have in common that they always thought about the money was always about the money. I was like, okay, why buy something else? So I kind of went beyond what the taught me and for that you know I do think that the relationship and, and seeing in terms of how the most successful brands operate where is the community that is required and for me when I think about the journey of what I've accomplished with my non-profit was really out of frustration and again what you say is that I've always listened tell us what you want and based on that we create the right solution the right product and so much more and, and sometimes just observing and being very close to your audience that's what gives you the power and I think people detach themselves so much from that that they don't realize that the solution is 
is in the conversation that you have with your customers. You know, whatever you, and if you think about this, this conversation is about community, but every business should be run as a community. And if you do that, you have customers who buy from you relentlessly. Mm. I love that, I love that. And I think what's super interesting about this panel is that we have these two phenomenal black women who belong to a community of black women, but also you're building frameworks or building a business that inspires or encourages startups and organizations to actually treat community as a strategy mm. and to be very scientific about it and as an approach to actually success and more. So there's many founders here. Do we have founders in this room? Raise your hand. Great, fantastic. Um, so kind of what would you say your top tips are would be for a startup founder that wants to build community within their brand and whether they see that brand or that audience as customers or community? I think there's that balance of yeah. customer and the community. What, what does that mean? Mm. Do you mind if I answer that question? Yeah, so. Again, to me, I'm going to take my agency ad, and that's how I applied it to grow my agency. So the model of how my ideology when it comes to building brand is beyond. So you need to ask yourself, what is it customers expect from you and what they don't expect from you? You can do, you can, I get some time for that. What is the things that customers expect from you and what thing that you can do beyond that support what you offer? You think about Nike, you know, people buy, buy a pair of Nike or Nike, however you say it, because they want to run. Is it really about running or is it about something else? When you understand the, the, the more of what they want, then you can create something more, which is having an app so we can run and we can run together or whatsoever. So this is why it's so important because, again, because I work in an environment where companies are so, the market is so saturated, the service that they expect you to be good at is already, they already expecting you to be good at what you do. But anything that you do beyond that, that's what will make you stand out and what will make them remember you. So when you think about just building a community, and this is what I've done as well with a non-profit, is that what is the thing that people expect from us and what can we do beyond to always surprise them? And I've learned that because my background in fashion was, kind of like I felt used to always say, you, should, you must always surprise. When you stop surprising your audience, that's when they start looking somewhere else mm -hmm. and they just accustomed to you. But think about the most successful companies, they're always innovating. So what are you doing to always bring your customer along that journey and create something that really to who they are. I, I think definitely when it comes to like building a community, um, it's, it's really, really important that you actually tap into um, what they, their needs are. When we, as founders, when we actually go ahead and do stuff like empathy mapping, we actually think about what what is what is the customer thinking about when they wake up. Actually harnessing a community is actually thinking about the customer from point zero to point hundred um, and actually really, really touching the hearts and the minds of of, of the community. So um, I think someone, to, someone said this to me once, it's, it's one thing to acquire a customer, but it's actually another thing to actually acquire a community. A community will stay loyal to you whilst the customer feels no type of way of leaving you. So as, as founders, it's so, so, so important to really, really focus on actually, what can I do to continually serve my my community so that I can touch their hearts and minds, so that they can be my greatest evangelists, they can be my greatest marketers, I can tell people about my products and services. Um, so yeah, that's, that's important. Can I just add something yeah. to what you said? I think it's so important that people really don't think about community from a marketing point of view. It really reduces the cost of acquisition. Yeah. I've spent not a single penny <laughs> on my own profit. I've just tapped into my community. And if yeah. you think about all the entries, and I literally work with some of the top 10, the top tech, ten tech companies in the world just because of a black woman who was in the community who say, hey, you need to work with GTA black woman in tech. And that happened even to his day. And I said, people say, hey, I remember you did this or I heard you about it. It's because I've 
have made it an ecosystem and we all benefit from it. We all see the vision. We all see the bigger idea that goes beyond, well, obviously it's not about money, but we all see beyond the idea of how we benefit us also. Really think about community as a way to also reduce the cost of customer acquisition. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Community can be currency. Mm. You know, um, I always get surprised when like, people drop nuggets like this and no one in the audience has taken lunch. <laughs> like, this is free advice, right? <laughs> We're at least teaching about today's event. It is an incredible woman here. You get a lot of insight and knowledge. Um, one thing I want to move on to next is talking about culture, right? Community and culture goes hand in hand. Uh, and just again, to get your insight, what, what would you necessarily say are like the skill set that's in demand right now within the community sector or within the tech sector itself? I mean, like, I think skills that are in demand at the moment um, is it's quite, it's, it's quite varied. So I think from a technical perspective, I mean, Iron Boot Camps for Black women specifically, it's essentially, can you build stuff that actually um, changes the face of culture within the Web3 space? It's also actually, can you upskill yourself, you know, very quickly to be able to code in Solidity or be able to code in Rust? so that you can actually build stuff in the Web3 space. Um, I think one of the key things, especially as we're talking about Black, we're in Black History Month, one of the key things I think is really important for the Black community to really harness is how do I ensure that I'm taking space um, in the in the Web3 space at the moment? Um, because if we don't take space, we're not going to be able to build products that changes the face of culture. If we don't take space, we're not going to be able to see our culture um, change. And we're not going to be able to change the systems and the infrastructures that we continue to speak about that needs to change. Um, and so right now is the best time to do it. Uh, and so that's why I'm really passionate about being a Web3 evangelist, getting as many people into Web3 as much as possible. So yeah, community, I think there's even a job, like 10 years ago, we would never have thought there would be a job that's on community evangelists. There's like lots of jobs out there to be a community evangelist. So um, if, if you're very good at bringing people together, there's lots of jobs out there for you. Yeah, of course, I, I cannot agree. <laughs> Yeah. more than what you're saying is so true and I think that we haven't yet we're not yet enough looking in terms of uh, opportunities in new technology and as you say yourself if you don't think about it whether you like it or not you can stop progress mm. so be able to learn or educate yourself in terms of what's going on because this is something that you can really now tap into. If think about it. I always think about. I always think about it this way that you know you have an, the tangible market, mm. you have the intangible market. So if you can double up, why not also explore? However, fashion companies who are making so much money because they just sell skins and it's completely profitable, hundred percent profitable. So yes, yeah, so I say in terms of where you know the opportunities you know within the technology space or community space, you know, is you know think about it from a point of view of. What's, what's going to drive the new technology that we're working on, whatever it is, AI, whatever it is, you know, cyber security. People don't talk a lot about cyber security, which is very, very much present as the future technology. All of these roles will be more and more significant, and we want to see more color in those space because, again, you know, think about the power of AI and how much it can be built with unconscious biases. Mm. And we just emphasize the disparity that we already have. So you need to make sure that people who are different at the table. And this is why you come with your culture, you come with your savoir-faire and bring to a different perspective to a bunch of maybe just all white men who see the world from a different way than the way we do it. So it's so important that you understand that your culture is also value mm. and also means that you can sell a product to a community that understands you. You know, a number of times, you know, I, I, you know, I want to spend something like that. Oh, 
this brand doesn't understand me mm-hmm. as my culture, so I don't want to buy it, you know. But if you understand the culture, there's money behind it as well. Can I just add to that? I was speaking to the, the chief brand officer of, Gym, of Gymshop, Neil Mark, and um, he's a good friend of mine, and he was speaking about how like they got um, Burn Boy to do an activation and um, in collaboration with Gymshop, and how he actually revolutionized actually how you know the sales from Gymshop in that in that month in itself. Um, and it made me think, oh my gosh, like you know, this is this is like music, you know, African music that we, we're not really tapping into the opportunity here. But actually, in order for us to harness some of the things that you mentioned, Tony, that we also need access to finance. Mm. You know, Burner Boy is not going to work with myself or anything, <laughs> because I don't have the access to finance. So I don't actually, I can't pay for him. So it's really, really important um, that we look at ways in which that we can collaborate with people who are actually changing and affecting culture um, today in a way that's beneficial for business and also beneficial for culture too. Um, what, you know, for me, it's kind of like, you know, seeing the collaboration of, what's the guy that sang Peru um, and Ed Sheeran, I was like, that's so, it's just an interesting mix. Um, and actually it's really good to see that culture is being influenced, but also being paid for. Mm. Um, so within, within that space. Mm. I love the way you dropped um, my friend that did show. She put. I wish I knew people like that. Um, <laughs> I think for individuals that want to get into these new spaces, yeah. want to get into the Web3, want to connect with amazing cultures and brands, but maybe don't necessarily have the network, mm. what kind of advice would you give to them to build that network and yeah. show up and take space? I would say that, you know, the first step to building a network is actually right next to you. So I've mentioned about how I know the CBO of Gymshark and like, I didn't know the CBO Gymshark yesterday. I knew him through another friend, True Powell, who works very closely with Gymshark, and that was my next step. So it's really, really important for us to actually really get to know one another and look at how we can actually connect to support one another. Um, so yeah, the, the, you know, the, the way to get the influence is really right next to you. The next points of call is right next to you. Yes, and you know it's funny because I don't know if any of you have heard about the six degree of connection. Have you heard of that? Anybody familiar with this? We're all somehow connected. If you look at the tech space, we're all somehow connected to somehow, some ways. Oh, I've heard about you for blah, 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 and so much more. So one thing that I would say to you is that really think in terms of the power of networking, but also the power of voicing out what you want. Mm-hmm. You know, I am. People say to me, like, you always want everywhere. I was like, <laughs> I know. I do it on purpose. I want you to remember me because at the point where you're going to need me or you're going to think about this, really think in terms of how much you are utilizing your own network. And another thing I would say that if you don't have those connections, you know. Google is your best friend, yes? Mm-hmm. I always say Google is your best I've learned a lot of skills. I became a brand strategist for the power of self-teaching. So there's no excuse to learn new skills nowadays because there's a lot of technology. A lot of companies that provide free training and free courses. And I know, and again, something you can tap into the right friends. You know, you have the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So when you think in terms of who are the people that can be your your, your passive mentors, the podcasts, the, you know, the videos out there, and learn from it. And then as you, the more you consume content, at some point it will start making sense. Um, and I think also just to throw one in there for like any of my introverts. Mm-hmm. Have I got any introverts in here? If you are, you do want to build that network, one piece of advice is to tell myself is that at least if you walk away with one contact in the room, mm-hmm. one person in the room, 
um, you tell that one person that you've met, to bring that one person that they also might have met, you get a tribe of introverts just hanging out, like in complete silence. But also like building great connections. So yeah, there's loads of different ways. Um, so I've got two more questions that I might ask, and then just going to open it up to the, the panel. So um, one being, and I'm going to read this out actually, it's a really good, interesting question. So professionals such as yourself are opening doors for underrepresented founders. Um, is this leveling the playing field or should we be making a whole new field together? And the reason why I'm interested to ask this question um, from these community experts, because I know you've got, um, I think I saw their pitch, Cash Black, and I was like, this is really cool, this is like something for us. So I'm really interested um, to hear about your thoughts on that. Do you want to take it? No, yes. take it? So just to give you a bit of a background, so so when I started, um, it used to be called Technology and Advocates Black Community Tech, I, it was really out of frustration. I was just tired of being the only one in the room. And I started finding more and more black women, as, and I realized, wow, these women are 15, 20 years in the industry. Where are they? How come nobody's talking about them? It's always the Americans who are leading the space because they're really good at branding and making, you know, make people believe that they're great at everything. So, and then I decided, you know what, it's enough black women for me to write a book about this, their story, their beginning and everything that they've done, and decided to distribute to schools for free. So no excuse for kids to have access to it. And this year we're doing it again, by the way, I'm hosting a festival next week, so if you want to join, you're more than welcome, just to let you know like that. And then, yes, yeah, so, um, so yes, yeah, so, and what, I, what was interesting about that, I didn't realize that I was actually creating an ecosystem in the back of that, those women were elevating, so, uh, hunter, uh, recruitment hunters were using my book as a, as a Bible, looking for information in terms of the next code, uh, or code whatsoever. But what was interesting is that I was elevating indirectly for this book, but also now they were able to do the same thing and realize, wow, this is a model that I can also replicate for myself. So I always say leaders should create other leaders. You're not supposed to you know, box people in terms of what they can achieve. But what I do, I've encouraged them to be you know, visible, you know, be like me, not be like me, but be on LinkedIn, brag about how great you are. You never know who's watching, but be that and then you normalize that, you know, what I'm calling black female excellence. But I don't know if I'm answering your question, but I think I'm, I'm saying a lot of things. But yes, so I would say that, yes, it's important to create a space where then those be women become my sponsor. And if I think about the women that I work with, it's because of the women that I help. So if you go for intention of helping, Whatever you believe in God or not, it will give you 20 times back. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, this is why I'm still here. So I, 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 just off the back of some of the things that you mentioned, I love the, the kind of like cross-collaboration that's taking place right now amongst um, people who are building this ecosystem. I mean, at NEO, we collaborate very closely with um, Coding Black Females um, for our Black Coding Bootcamp specifically. Um, and actually looking at ways where we can actually look at, you know, this this ecosystem is doing this, how can we work with this ecosystem to be able to forward the work that we're doing? Um, and also cross, like, you know, sharing resources is, is, is like really, really important. I think for us to really push the next level of founders, I think, you know, it's, it's a lot more than just the upskilling and the elevating and the making visible, but it's also how do we get, um, people, you know, who can write the checks, um, you know, to play a closer look to, to us. And so for our founders bootcamp at Neo, we actually share the secrets with our students of how you do that and how we've been able to do that. We're, I'm from Birmingham, I grew up in Birmingham, our business is based in Birmingham. All odds were against us really, um, <laughs> you know, when you think about it. But actually I saw that as an opportunity and built a community, you know, of black women 
mostly in the, in the Midlands and also, you know, in Nigeria, and actually use it as an opportunity. So it's really, really important that we speak about how can I find the opportunity in the places where, you know, you might not see it straight away. How do we see that opportunity and how can we actually cross-connect? Because I'm in Birmingham, I can help you. you know, in London, because you're in London, I can help you. Um, you can help me um, here in London as well. So that's kind of how I see it, um, across collaboration. That's it. Um, so... Uh, does anyone have a question? Just so I know, like, roughly how many questions we can go through. Oh my gosh, so many people put their hands up. Oh my God. Okay, I'm going to just slow down. I'm going to keep on going through these questions. So, <laughs> what's one piece of advice? Because I think both of you have spoke about how important being a black woman in this space and throughout this space is for other women, like-minded women as well. Um, so, what piece of advice would you give to um, a black female leader or one that's aspiring to be a visible leader? I think the first advice is, is that there's sometimes a misconception of what excellence is and sometimes we believe that we need to do twice as more as mm -hmm. to be recognized of what we do and I think what I'm trying to, you know, when I use the word excellence, I'm, I'm trying to get them a sense of, I try to put together a sense of we're already great, but you underestimated us. Mm -hmm. But now you can recognize, and I've seen in terms of what's happening in this community, what you're doing, you know, with Black Tech Fest and so many more, they have, there's so much great thing that we can do. And if people believed in us more than they did, or, you know, stop less, you know, underestimating us, we will let you so much more. So the first thing that I would say, you know, you know, you don't have to have your own figure out, you don't have to do, have it all by yourself, really. Don't be afraid to ask for help. I am no shame asking for help. <laughs> people know you like, well, I'm asking you. Mm -hmm. I'm good at asking people like, help me. Don't be, you have to have to figure out. Again, something having mentor, but I also having sponsor, because sponsorship is even important. I'm looking at you here because you have a, you're white man that stand out. So yes, for example, if he's my sponsor, he probably has access to the, you know, the club where I don't have access to, but I want he, he will think about me and say my name when I'm not in the room. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's so important to think about mentorship, but also, who are the people who talk about you when you're not in the room and give you so much power and then you don't have to fight, you don't have to pitch, you don't have to do all of these things because they are here to be your advocate. And again, so be comfortable with the uncomfortable. I have so much I can give you, but it's be uncomfortable with the uncomfortable. If you always sit in place that you are comfortable, you never grow. So it means like, you know, if you go into a room where there's no black woman, be comfortable with this and realize that it, who's going to be talking on our behalf if, on our behalf if it's not you. So yes, yeah, so be comfortable. Nothing happens in, in comfort. I love that. So you're saying allies should be sponsors, mm -hmm. they should be mentors, and um, us as black women need to be excited about being uncomfortable because that's going to lead to growth. Yeah. Right? I saw something on TikTok, uh, not TikTok, Twitter, and it said, like, show up so much that people have to get to know you all over again. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I like that. I'm like, us as black women, we're going to show up. We're going to yeah. show up tons of that. Um, another question. Actually, I'm going to open it to the floor. Questions? Anyone got questions? Feel free to ask. Go on, Abby. My question is, what are your thoughts about the future, especially being like community leaders, like how are you going to evolve and be scaled with the long term? That's a good question. I love that. I think, you know, as I said, like, as a, as a brand strategist, I've always been an advocate of helping my clients create community rather than just having a client relationship. And therefore, I'm already there. And I think, as you say yourself, this is not, I don't see competition. Externally, I see more collaborators where we, if we are able to build a great ecosystem, and if you think just at 
I'm thinking about European sovereignty in terms of working within that space. Beyond that, we can do something great. But it comes back to changing also our mindset in terms of how do we see people operate in the same space or maybe serve the same people as you. I do believe that, you know, and because maybe because I'm French born, as I read, like, you know, opportunism is like a bakery. You come to get a baguette, there's no big baguette today, come back tomorrow with some baguette. So don't be afraid, you know, to, op to be open to opportunities and collaboration so we can create a great ecosystem. At the moment, we're not there yet, but I think we, need, we should do more about it. But yes, if we do that, then we can really grow, you know, across Europe and then, you know, take over Americans who are dominating <laughs> so much more, you know, but it's not a competition. And the way I see it is an ecosystem of builders. Um, I, I love the way the Jewish and the Asian community are, um, where there is like, you know, the clear division of labor um, of, okay, this person services this part of our economy. Um, and so for me, my priority is how can we raise the next builders of our, of our, of our next internet? And can those people come from, um, Black women, can can we can we get those products? Can the next Facebook, the next Instagrams, um, come from a community of Black women? That's my priority, um, and that's what scale, scaling looks like. Scaling looks like scaling together as a community and being disruptive um, with the products and services that we build. So yeah. So there's this like approach called like the commitment curve, and this guy called David Atkins. I don't think he necessarily founded the theory, but he was like the former like chief community officer at Airbnb. And they say like with the commitment curve, it's like basically you create all of these activations which drives up a community member to then be like what you, you want a community member to be or what you believe that five-star community experience looks like. So the first point of activation could be just the fact that they sign up to your newsletter. The next thing could be they attend an event like this. The next thing is that they might sponsor an event, speak on a panel for the event. And then the next thing is, I don't know, they are selling something at the event. And then that, for that last part is like what you then call your ultimate like, community member. So I think just pushing people up that commitment curve actually happened to me. <laughs> actually happened to me, and, and to be honest, it didn't end up really well. We just parted. And that's why you shouldn't have more than you should have a, have one ally. You should have multiple ones because it's like any relationship. Not everything will end up really, really well. And sometimes people just be scared by the success that you achieve, and they, and they wanna also own that. And they realize, well, I minute, mean, you know, that's not all you. That's kind of me now, right now. So yeah, so that happens. I think you should expect it, you know, and just make sure that you don't focus on one person I have multiple people that can be but as I say it's like any relationship nothing not everything ends up in, in a love story or, or marriage you just have to think in terms of well, and it doesn't have to I don't know where, you, where you're talking about this if it's inside the business but your ally don't necessarily have to be within the business it can be also external allies as well so really think in terms of again your entire ecosystem can be even a friend can be you know a partner can be you know a colleague that you change you know change work and so much more but don't you should have multiple allies not just one person i actually think that um, when it comes to allies um you, you have to see it as it's their problem not yours i mean it's, it's probably easier than done because that stuff hurts right so um it's their problem not yours um, and actually see that they should see it as actually like a, a job well done the fact that that you've surpassed them that is essentially what what it is so um so to echo what Farid mentioned about having multiple people is really, really important, but 
you, you would yourself know when, when you're actually shifting space. So when you start to actually feel that you're shifting space, actually start to shift, shift as well. Shift your allies and shift your mentors accordingly. Um, so for example, you might, let's say you, you're, you're just starting out, you might want to have a mentor who's maybe um, run a, a six-figure business. At the point where you hit the six-figure business, you shouldn't, you know, to be able to elevate, you need to now be thinking about having a mentor that has a, has a seven-figure mm. business and keep thinking that way and keep thinking that way. Mm. Because if you keep yourself in the space of that ally, what you find is that your growth will shrink as a person mm. and the growth of your organization will all shrink because you are the mastermind of your business. Yeah. Um, so really, really important that as you grow, you also allow your mental circle to also grow. My mentor that, you know, a mentor that was mine, a mentor of mine that was that was there two years ago, it's not that I have an issue with them, they're still there. Um, they just can't help me anymore um, because my mind is big, is busy thinking bigger. Um, so less energy on the, the, you know, the, the hurt that it causes and more energy on growing yourself and growing your business. Yeah. Thank you all for um, joining us here for this discussion. I really enjoyed it. It reminded me uh, in the morning, Carl mentioned, he asked the question, have you ever felt boxed in, you know, as a black professional, whether you're a founder, whether you're, you know, working in corporate? And I think the beautiful thing about communities is that it allows all people to not feel boxed in. You know, you can be part of the dog walkers community, you can be part of near group, you know, you can be part of many different communities. And I think that's beautiful because it shows people that you're multifaceted. And yeah, that's definitely one of my biggest takeaways from today. Um, from three amazing community builders. So um, yeah, let's just give one more round of applause. That's it for this week's episode of Elevating Founders. Now, the question I have for you is, have you subscribed to the podcast yet? If not, now is the time. We've got some fantastic episodes lined up for you this series, so keep an eye out. We'll be back with the next episode to celebrate LGBT plus history month. In the meantime, though, why don't you catch up on our previous episodes? Thank you so much for listening again and see you next time.